and welcome to Entmoot, the Battle Games in Middle-Earth podcast all about the Middle-Earth strategy battle game from Games Workshop. I'm Harry and this is episode 12. Welcome along, welcome along. Um, today, this time, this podcast is going to be a mini-moot. Uh, a mini-moot uh, sort of phrase I coined a while back um, because it's a smaller tournament, this one. Or sort of a smaller tournament that I'll be discussing because actually... I'm playing an awful lot more games uh, this tournament than I've uh, I've played, I think, ever. Perhaps Articon might rival it in terms of the scale. But um, it'll become obvious as soon as I say the words battle companies. Or it might become slightly more confusing because battle companies aren't often tournaments. Uh, And this one is completely different to the battle companies tournaments I've heard of in the past. Because this one is a battle companies hybrid tournament. Uh, and, And I'm sure you're asking, what on earth is that? And I must say, I thought exactly that when I first uh, heard of it as well. This is something that's happening in Ripon in North Yorkshire, uh, organised by Will Champion, who is a sort of, uh, well, he's a stalwart in the hobby community here in the UK, uh, a regular member of Great British Hobbit League events and a regular top table uh, eventer as well. And he came up with this idea to basically have day one as a normal Battle Companies tournament, which in which you basically play eight games of uh, Battle Companies and build up your company into something formidable. And then on the second day, using the Battle Companies rating that uh, there's rules about in the Battle Companies book itself, you combine that into uh, a full army. So that's what we've done. And you know what? I think it's an interesting idea, and I haven't played Battle Companies ever before, so I thought, well, I think I've got to do this. This sounds great. And you know what I want to do? I want to play with chariots. Lots of chariots, because I just love chariots. I've, uh, For anyone who knows me, I've, I've sort of dipped in my toe in and out of chariots uh, for a while, uh, the Candice chariots, uh, because I particularly like painting them. Um, I've had lots of different chariots of different colours, uh, sort of usually chieftains and kings. So I've got two kings and a collection of chariots that uh, I've built into an army. So, so my idea of uh, the battle company is pretty pretty simple actually. It's turn the bow uh, bowmen of the Candish company. So there's three bows and four or five uh, warriors of a Candish company, and I'm going to upgrade them as much as I can. In particular, I'm going to give my battle company leader a chariot, because I want to have a chariot in battle companies, because it seems ridiculous. Uh, all that terrain is going to be in the way, but hey, as soon as I get that ploughing chariot impact hit thing off, those battle company heroes, you know, with their one fate, one wound, they're going to go down pretty quickly. So um, that's the idea behind my battle company. What I'm going to do is not talk to any of the players uh, during the battle company day because, as I mentioned, eight whole games today, uh, although they're going to be... 30 minutes probably, 40 minutes games, there's a lot of maths afterwards and we won't probably have an awful lot to talk about after each game other than the fact that, you know, we've played for half an hour, our guys have uh, killed each other and uh, this is how many influence points we've got. So rather than do that, um, I'm going to just 
play with my battle company and I'm going to give you a roundup of how it all went uh, at the end of battle company day one and then see how I build that into my list for day two. So that's what I'm going to do. So um, that's all going to happen in a bit. Um, so I'm going to do a jiggery pokery with everything today um, in terms of the running order of the episode. But it'll be all very exciting because we'll have a few people to chat to who've played um, battle companies the day before and who'll have incorporated their lists into uh, into their battle companies. So, or their battle companies into their lists, should I say. So lots of maths on a Saturday night um, at a pub, which is where it's being hosted, um, to try and work out the ratings of your battle company, how much influence you've got, how much might you've got, all this sort of stuff, to see how many points it's worth uh, and then total it up, squeeze it into an army list, add some guys and then hopefully, hopefully we'll have a tasty, tasty army. So that is what I'm going to do. So I will be building an army worthy of Mordor in a second. But first, it seems time for... Riddles of the Dark. My precious. That's right, this is Riddles in the Dark, the part of the podcast where I play you a clip from The Hobbit or The Lord of the Rings films and you just get in touch and tell me who speaks next in the clip and what they say. Now last time we heard a clip that went something a little bit like this. And avid mooters will know that I actually extended this over uh, from the previous podcast because it was so difficult that nobody got it right. We got a few people who guessed the correct scene, as it were, but not the correct next line. And that was an absolute tragedy. And I, cu- I couldn't just let it go uh, slide by. So I had to l- give someone a chance to be the proud winner of absolutely nothing um, from this podcast. So I thought uh, I'll give you another week. And it wasn't very much time between those two episodes. So I've given you a bit of extra time. You've had a chance to listen to the podcast. You've had a chance to scrutinise that clip. And you've had your emails uh, sent in um, to guess out which one it is. So... I've got a few people who've got in touch. So, uh, last time we had uh, Sam Hoodie who got in touch. He said, uh, uh, this one, I have a feeling I may be miles off, but Frodo and Sam, as they watched the Mummocks ma- marching past in the two towers, saying, Frodo says, Smeagol, we need to leave. Hmm. Interesting guess, interesting guess. Uh, David C's been in touch. He says, I can finally play along with Riddles in the Dark. It's the ambush in Athelion. The bird call you hear is uh, Faramir's rangers signalling to each other. The breathing is Gollum, who scuttles away, and Frodo tries to call to him by saying, Smeagol. Then the ambush happens. Hope that's right, says David C. So, David, hmm, I'll carry on. Uh, then we've got uh, who's this? Who's this? This is Benjamin Jeffrey. He says, "Hello, Harry. Hi from Australia. Love the podcast. Would it be when Frodo, Sam, and Smeagol see the Oliphants, and Smeagol runs and hides, and Frodo says Smeagol just before Faramir rains down on everyone, rains arrows down on everyone? He says, "Cheers, mate. Keep the good work." Says Ben Jeffrey. Ben, uh, excellent. Sam, David, Ben, and who else was it who got in touch? You all got in touch. I'm sorry, but you got it. You got it. All got it wrong. You all got it wrong. Oh no! Does that mean we have to carry on? No, it doesn't. It means Mr. Dan Broxholm, who's been in touch, says, uh, "You got me there, Harry. I must admit." Okay. Next attempt is Sam Gamgee. What we need is a good few taters. 
But we need no. a few good taters. And of course it was. It was Sam Gamgee. And it's like the best line of the films. Taters, precious. Uh, it, it's fantastic. And I, I'm, I'm so sad that nobody uh, got it the first time. So I just had to, had to include it. Uh, in fact, I asked my girlfriend, what's the best line in The Lord of the Rings? And she said, taters, precious, or something like that. And I said, right, OK, that's going to be the next one. So um, there you go. Well done to Dan, who's correctly guessed what we need is a good few taters, um, which I just had to include. So uh, there you go. That is the answer to the riddle in the dark from the last two episodes of the podcast and genuinely um dan was the only one who got it right so well done dan and if you out there you knew you knew the answer but you just thought ah well i won't bother getting in touch don't you worry uh you can have another go for this week's one entmootpodcast at gmail.com is the uh, email to send into if you think you know the answer to this week's riddle which is So there you go, that's this week's one. So just tell me who speaks next and what they say. Very simple, very, very simple. So uh, let's give you another couple of listens to it. How about this? And not forgetting this. Okay, so there you go. That is Riddles in the Dark for this week. Now it's back to the tournament, um, the hybrid tournament. Uh, This is going to be very exciting, very different uh, to my usual uh, stuff. Uh, Sadly, do miss out on those eight um, games on the first day, but we'll come back after day one and I'll give you a bit of a rundown of how advanced my battle company is. So end of day one, been uh, an exhausting day and I just spent the last uh, last day uh, doing some maths, which is exactly what you want to do uh, before the pub. Um, but anyway, that's what we did and had a, had a lovely uh, lovely evening out uh, drinking and all that sort of stuff, eating food and generally having a good bants. Um, the battle company so far is looking pretty, pretty mean. Um, I've got... As I aimed at the start of the podcast, uh, I, I got what I aimed for. Ten influence points I needed, um, but I managed to do enough stuff, win a couple of games early on, uh, to slowly build up enough influence points to give my leader, my battle company leader, a massive, massive chariot ace. Um, he also ended the day with, after some brutal, brutal chariot charges in the last couple of games, he ended the game with three attacks, he's got uh, a couple of might points, he's got fate, uh, he gained an extra defence um, my other two lieutenants they've got, um, one's got blade master so he can f- uh, re-roll uh, one of his dice, the other one's got uh, something that forces the other people to re-roll the dice he's got lo- they've got lots of special rules, both of them have got horses and an extra uh, a, a weapon, so they've got all got hand and a half axes. They've all got the special rule that means that they uh, they can uh, go, they can basically be burly on the charge. So these are some these are some cool heroes. Uh, but of course, they are still pretty weak. They're still uh, defense four or fives, uh, depending on the uh, depending on which one it is. Um, and I've got quite a few extra guys. Uh, a few of the uh, the, the guys have, um, have have managed to advance through the ranks and become horses and things like that. And I've gained and lost a few as well. Um, so that it's it's all right. And and it came up to just I think it's I haven't got the exact tally written down here. Um, I 
ended up with about 200 and something points worth of, of Battle Company at the end of day one, which is very exciting. Oh, oh, and I forgot to call, tell you the names of everyone. Um, the leader is, of course, Genghis Khand. Yeah? I just thought I'd pause there just so that you can all have, uh, you know, roll around laughing uh, with my amusing one. Uh, so there you go. Uh, the leader is Genghis Khand, uh, and I've got Hirohito. And I've also got Attila, uh, named, of course, after uh, uh, heroes from the sort of Oriental and East. Uh, I thought that kind of fits uh, fits in there. So uh, there you go. So Genghis Khan and his uh, his battle company, um, the, the, the Kandish guys. So it's very exciting. Um, now I just need to add a lot of stuff. So I um, have added, well, chariots, basically. So I added, well, uh, a king with a chariot... Uh, four troops with chariots one, two, three, four, five five chariots yeah, five chariots uh, one turquoise one one purple one one yellow one one blue and white one and one uh, uh, slightly other purpley bluey one so that's very exciting so I added all those chariots in I added some extra cho- troops and I added in uh, a few riders because basically I didn't have any more models. And then just uh, just to round things off, I added a big hero, big hitter. I needed one of them, Amda, Amda, of course. So um, an ally, of course, of the Kandish. So that was what I did. Um, I don't really know what to do um, with these uh, with these guys. Um, the, they're small tables. Uh, there's a lot of terrain, and well, you know. Chariots are a bit naff if they get charged. They're amazing if they don't, but they are a bit naff if they get charged. You know, they've got Fight 4, which is not bad. They've got Impact Hitch, which is great. They've got Defense 7 on the chariots, but only Defense 4 up top. So it's it's a bit difficult to say how these are going to do, um, especially considering there's some very powerful battle companies who, uh, incorporating into armies um, on the second day. So we shall see what happens, but mainly I just had a great time playing battle companies um, with everyone. Um, there's so many great ideas for legions and uh, battle companies that have, have worked really well and Will has just really gone gone for it really with, with all the special rules uh, that we started the day by um, having a farmyard brawl where uh, one member of our battle company fought to uh, claim a uh, an animal from uh, a farmyard animal from a farm, basically. So took a twenty minute, twenty five minute game, and we all sort of tried to fight these animals who um, bring us extra rules. So, for example, uh, there were duck and bat swarms. Uh, sorry, duck and chicken swarms. There were uh, that um, special rule with was flappy panic. So these things flapped around, fly eight inches or fly ten inches or something like that, um, and they affect a minus one uh, fight value uh, to anyone in uh, fighting them so that's pretty cool um we had donkeys that kicked strength five kicks which killed so many people um we had cows which were uh, sort of i can't remember they were just tough uh, we had dogs which i got managed to get my hands on one of those uh, and all this sort of stuff so loads of great things that you know if you if you manage to kill one you on a roll of a three plus you claim them as your own and and all these sorts of things so lots of different fun thematic um ideas 
also played um, uh, on a Goblin Town board where goblins just randomly spawned. We played on a Osgiliath board where uh, volleys of arrow fires, uh, uh, arrow fire just landed randomly amongst the amongst the ruins, which was great fun. So loads of fun ideas that uh, we come up with by Will for uh, day one. Day two, a little bit more competitive, but let's be honest, I've got a lot of chariots, so I don't think we're going to do that well. But either way, into uh, game one of day two uh, of this battle company. Company's hybrid event. Here, Mr. Robo, where are you off to? Don't stop, I'm already late. Late for what? I'm going on an adventure. Right, so g- game one of day two of this uh, hybrid battle companies tournament, and I've been playing Jason um, with a ministerial sort of army, and I have my uh, Candish chariots. And Jason, first of all, and how? Uh, what did you start with yesterday, and how advanced did your battle company get? Uh, what, what sort of uh, exciting rules have you got in the in the army so far? Well, uh, I started off with uh, six warriors and ministerial, and. Uh, first game went pretty badly <laughs> and uh, I had to try and rescue a hero in the second one which I failed <laughs> oh god that's so, so you lost your hero <laughs> yeah so uh, uh, well I was like trying to claw it back up from there and, uh, well at the, at the end of the day I was fighting against like companies that were quite a lot higher than me so I was getting a lot of experience per game <laughs> Or influence the game rather. Yeah. Yeah. So I managed to get like quite a few warriors at the end and stuff. But yeah, I mean, and your, your hero, you're the leader now of the battle company. A, a lovely model that you've converted with a head and a, a nice woolly cloak. He looks a bit uh, sort of uh, Ned Stark off uh, Game of Thrones vibe. But you've got a lance, you've got loads of attacks and all that sort of stuff. But a little bit brittle, it's fair to say. Yeah, well, it's it's hard when the the real heroes come into it. Because they're still they're quite expensive warriors with one fate, really. Yeah, that's the thing. I think everyone instinctively goes, "Yeah, loads of attacks, loads of might. I'm going to make it um, a lance." So he's really killy on the charge. But then, as soon as you get sort of stuck, it's like, "Oh, okay, he's only got one fate and one wound, and he's not that defensive." Because yeah. I think naturally we want to upgrade our guys to be a bit killy. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, but and at the end, of the, so at the end of the, you have got some quite cool heroes and stuff. And then um, over day two, we're allowed to add uh, enough. To, uh, enough stuff to bring our army to 700 points so what did you do uh, to, to bring your army to 700 points what have you added so I've added a warband for the uh, for the battle company leader and I've added Boromir and Faramir because uh, playing Osculia they've come to try and rescue him Okay, so your, your lead is a, a kind of company lost in the wild that's, that's yeah. being rescued by the, the brothers. Yeah. And um, when, you, when you saw my army on the table um, uh, with six chariots, including two kings and Amda, um, what did you think? Did you fancy your chances generally? I was quite scared of it. <laughs> I didn't want to get uh, run over too much. But I, thought, I thought I'd have enough might to be able to try and uh, heroic move a lot. But it didn't work really. Well, I, I think crucially, you had way more might than me. That's true. But then the the one roll off that that was like the most important roll off went my way, and um, 
once the king got stuck in and not uh, killed Boromir and Faramir's horse in one go and, and successfully won that combat mm-hmm. uh, with after striking it was it was kind of like oh no that was a massive swing because uh, having a king with four attacks and monstrous charge ch- chomping into your your heroes was was pretty tough and from then it was pretty hard for you to recover wasn't it yeah and then uh, I even had to use all all the fate on Boromir straight away mm. like I even mighted to just to just to stave off death yeah. in those early stages. Uh-huh. And we were playing hold ground, and I think you had quite a lot more models than me. How many models in your armies did you have? <laughs> um, written it down somewhere. I think it must have been somewhere like 30, uh, mid to late 30s. Yeah, so 34, I only had 23, and of course yeah. I had a lot of chariots. Uh-huh. And, but they're, they're so hard to kill, aren't they? Yeah, and they, they block a lot of the centre as well because mm. of the bases. So yeah, that, that was my. So we've got this sort of terrain with some uh, ruins in the middle and some some bumpy surfaces, but nothing fancy that will stop my guys from uh, from moving. But um, like you say, they're, they're just even if they've only got one attack on the uh, and, and you've charged them, it's the yeah. five plus to hit the guy on top, uh-huh. and then their defence seven, the actual chariots yeah. themselves. Uh-huh. And I think you're pretty unlucky with the couple of troop chariots you're fighting that you kept hitting the chariot and yeah. not really getting the uh, the guy on top so yeah you ended up killing one chariot in the end but they're, they're, they're yeah. tough and, and when they get those charges it's just horrendous yeah yeah, it was quite hard and uh, Boromir got run over in the end didn't he yeah in the end sad, sad, <laughs> sad death for Boromir he's used to being shot by arrows so yeah. uh, trampled by chariots isn't great either but um, um, do you think there's anything that you could have done differently looking back on it that, that would have got you the win or was it purely down to that one strike off do you think uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure what I could have done differently, really. Because I think you played it perfectly, to be honest. I don't, I don't know how I would... I mean, I think maybe you, you had some rangers that were sat at the back yeah. shooting a lot. Um, I think perhaps if you'd moved them in early, you'd have had a few more bodies in the fights early on. But yeah. it would also be more people at a lower defence than me to end up trampling. So it could have, yeah. could have gone either way. But mm-hmm. perhaps that. But other than that, I mean, I don't think I played Amder particularly well either because he didn't really get into combat very often. And I get, he killed a few troops, but he didn't really need, do what he needed to do. But either way, it was... Uh, it worked. Ended up with a 12 mil just purely because I killed all your heroes and you started running away. Um, so, um, well, either way, Jason, uh, well done on um, building a beautiful bass company. You're, I think you're one of the few people who've pretty much converted every every model. You've got some Minister of Warriors that have, uh, uh, sorry, captains that have been converted, and and uh, some and the, the really cool hero with the with the Ned Stark cloak. So uh, it looks looks great. And well done again. Hopefully, have a rest of, rest of the day as well goes well. Right, cheers. Thank you. Cheers. So game two of the second day of this hybrid battle companies and uh, uh, MESBG normal uh, game. And uh, we're playing a, a sort of slight variant of Seize the Prize in which there are three prizes. And I was facing up against Jack, Rendo, and Jack, you have a lot of nasty spiders. Yeah, I've got the dents in this, so it is... A- it's a spider queen, chell spiders, three mocha spiders, three bat swarms, and a couple of wags here and there. And how many of those things were in the battle company yesterday? Because you've gone with the Denizians of Mirkwood uh, as the starting battle company. Um, how much? Because from what I gather, you had some bat swarms quite early on, even though uh, it requires what, a six and a six to do it. Yeah, well, yesterday I saved up a lot of info to go on the special chart and I kept rolling fives. So by the end of day one, I had three bat swarms. So all I actually added was one mocha spider, spider queen. 11 spiders but it's a lot a lot of, uh, of nasty spiders and and I suppose um, with the battle companies um, you get these spiders that have got these weird special rules and you've got uh, extra bits of might which is something that a normal spider army is lacking in might yeah it was funny because I found out by day two 
yesterday, uh, by game two yesterday, I had more might in my battle company than I would on my normal army. Because mm. with a spider army, you only get three might max. Where here, I had one wag with three might, and then plus all the basic might. Mm. Made, it, made it very useful. And with the mocha spiders having might, their paralyzers are much more reliant, reliable. That's absolutely true. True. And, and how have you found that in, in terms of, you know, make, make sort of getting the moves and, and, you know, wrapping yourself around with all the spiders? Has the might really play, made a big difference? The might's made a huge difference of actually getting off all the plays you need to do, and mm. just to counter everyone's heroic moves. And it's useful for getting those um, heroic combats to swing around and just kill who you need to kill. Well, exactly. With the strength five for two attacks, you're often doing that as well. And um, when you saw my army um, with the chariots and you know the potential for lots of strength four impact hits on your relatively uh, flimsy uh, spiders, what did you think? I was scared, but the idea I had was to get the bat swarms into the prizes and protect them with just frozen spiders in the way, like roadblocks. Mm. Because you have to, you have to roll two fours over two dice, which is easy to do. But I just had to hope for ones to freeze. Yeah, the ch- and the chances, are, uh, yeah, the probability is against me in the sense that I'm not often going to churn through more than one or two, maybe if, if I'm very lucky. But and uh, as the game panned out, uh, pretty much exactly how you planned, um, you sent the bats in, jumped on the prizes, and got those prizes, and they eventually flapped off. And I was basically never really going to grab them. But uh, do you think there was anything that I really shouldn't have done that I did? You kind of left your banner on one side of the lane, and the rest of your army stayed there. And so while you should have the reroll to win those fights. Mm. I think that that was a massive miscalculation on my part. I should. I, I, basically, there was uh, we were operating on a goblin town board, which is frustrating because the dice get stuck underneath the, <laughs> the platforms. But um, we, uh, there's, there's a channel on one side, and I thought, ah, oh, I've got a chariot here that I can go down this channel um, go over the prize and hopefully knock the two people out. But I'd completely forgotten he's the only banner I've got because my king, uh, he was the actual Candish king, whereas the, the guy in the middle is just the leader of the battle company. He looks a bit like a king, <laughs> but uh, actually isn't. It doesn't have the banner effect. Um, but yeah, so I left that. I think if I put Amdo on the side on his own, maybe he'd have he'd, he'd have done a lot better. And then the banner, uh, which only affects him, would be fine for him, but not for anyone else. So uh, that was a bit of a poo-poo. I also spent far too much might in the early, early on, stages. Yeah. You spent quite a lot of might early on trying try and win the fights and it just didn't pan out mm. especially with Amda he lost his might very early which mm. meant he spent on the strike which was a bit iffy on yeah I, I could have uh, saved a point of might to try and get the six um, cause I, but I thought if I strike against the, the spider queen I'm guaranteeing that win but um, I, I undenied because actually I think I would have a probability would, would have been on my side I think but I still did it anyway yeah because you, you have the same fight but you have the elven blade so mm. only one or two mm. And saving that mic meant you would have got the six, so your least would have got the wall off, and it would have gone much more in your favour instead of... Yeah, exactly, which which was silly, but hey, these things happen. Um, but yeah, like you say, I think I spent too much might and ended up not getting that momentum that in the late game, which I really, obviously with chariots, you really want to be getting those moves, but you just won a few priorities in a row and, and you had plenty of might anyway, so so yeah, I guess it went down to a 12-2 win to you because I did manage to kill the Spider Queen uh, with a, a well-timed chariot at the end, but, um, but in the end it was a, a cracking game jack and those spiders I mean I think we've played a few times now over various tournaments and every time I've played against you I've played against your spiders and, and I, don't, I just don't know how to com- compete against them to be honest it's, it's a difficult one it's like the way you compete with them with like chariots often it's just to win the move off but it just you just, the dice kind of left you early on and when the spiders have the momentum early spiders are really weak early on because they lack numbers but they can kill so if they can win and just churn through a few more late games just get very easy of just yeah. overwhelming and, uh, yeah and there were a few odd things like I accidentally shot my own chariot and killed the chariot which 
with one, literally one bow shot in the whole game, I think I shot, basically. And it happened to be into a combat. I thought, well, if I get a spider, this is great. Chances are I'm not going to kill the chariot. And of course, I hit the guy and killed the chariot. And I, 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 yeah, I sort of felt like, oh, right, okay, that that's sort of says it all, really, in terms of my dice rolls. Yeah, and you also, I think it was, hit a bat swarm. He did three fours with eight dice and you didn't get a single four yeah that was that was horrendous horrendous stuff but either way Jack it was a pleasure to play you and as, mu- as much as I hate the spiders there, you, you play them really well and it's always a pleasure oh, to play you it's, it's always good to play against you as well well thanks very much for the game cheers so game three of the hybrid of battle companies and uh, the standard sort of points match game playing against Nige and Nige first of all do uh, know what kind of um, situation your battle company was in at the end of day one you started with the Mordor uh, company what did you add to the company and how successful was it generally in its exploits um, successful wise was meh um, one win three draws four losses um, I did I think one of each of the special charts here. so there was a Mordor or a Kai a Blackguard went in there um, a wild rider, a stalker. Only thing you didn't get was a black Numenorian, which I was a bit disappointed with. I really wanted one of them. Um, but no, um, all in all, did okay. Day two, managed to get a mercenary fighter in there, which is always nice. Yeah, he was he was a pretty pretty late addition as well, almost yeah. the last game as well. But yeah. I mean, how how big a sort of mighty hitters were your heroes by the end of day one? Not very. My two um, combat guys, so my leader and the sergeant of a two-hander. Didn't really do much about the entire day. My orc bowman was a machine, an absolute machine. Um, so he was doing okay by the end of day one. Um, then first game, day two, he managed to rack about six kills for himself. Um, upgraded twice to make himself hitting on threes, steady aim, two might on him as well from the previous day. He became a bit of a monster. How have you uh, enjoyed it so far? I mean, because this is it's, it's a bit of a different sort of spin for a uh, yeah. way to play the game. I've absolutely loved it. So um, I've not played the game for almost five years. Um, first event um, since Sterling in 2014. And um, so Battle Companies was something very, very new to me. Tried it a bit at my local club um, for a few weeks, loved it. Um, today, where your Battle Companies join your army, love the idea because... Your army day two, it makes you think. It makes you think, do I really want those big toys that I love to take in my normal armies? Um, it turns out, yes, I was able to take them. Yeah, yeah um, you I managed had, to get two trolls. I had to sacrifice bodies for it. So I was like, yeah, do I want two trolls and shagger in to sac- and not have as many bodies? Yes, I do. <laughs> yeah, that was going to be my next question. How, how many, uh, in the second day, you've added two trolls and you say a shagra. How many did you end up with, including a banner as well? Um, so there was the banner bearer. I added in another ten Moranans. Um, so 10 rounds with the banner and the troll filled up my warband leader's um, warband um, and then Shagrat gained the other troll and 5 blackguard that's a hefty hefty a yeah. lot of hitting power there isn't it yeah. um, what did you think when you saw um, saw my army you know lots of chariots and, and big hits like Amder and some kings that can strike and all that what did you think I was worried um, not played chariots before so I had no idea what they were capable of um, the, the impact hits are scary because they're killing most of my guys on fives with two of them going in so if you get a good roll off you could be running through my army um, managed, to get, managed to get lucky though with the priorities for definite and um, winning the roll offs for all the heroics as well yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll be honest I think I, d- I can't remember any of the roll offs uh, for the heroic moves going my way I don't maybe think got... any of them did you might have got one maybe 
but yeah, yeah, I think maybe, but and that and that's clearly crucial with me. I need yeah. to get all those charges, get the the knockdowns, the bonuses, the impact hits, as you say. Yeah. But I just never got a chance to do that. And with two trolls, I was trying to spend might to to do the heroic moves, which yeah. meant I was running out of striking ability. And the the couple of times I did manage to strike up to beat one, it uh, just wasn't enough. I'd managed to uh, not get the six and things like that. So yeah. those trolls uh, absolutely wrecked my major heroes. And then suddenly I was I was looking. It was looking pretty desperate as you've got these yeah, massive. Um, killing machines tearing yeah, through the, the rest time, of my army by the time all the chariots had gone and Amdo was down I still had two healthy trolls and a healthy shagrat knocking about mm. um, so it, yeah it became tough for you it was tough in particular you know, I, I, I made what I thought was quite a smart move I had Amdo killed the mercenary fighter uh, and managed to gain two points of might back because it's Lords of Battle and he's got his blood and glory so I thought alright here I've got a great yeah. chance here I've got all my might back I can try on the troll and then then I get a two or something for the next, he, the next roll. He had an unlucky roll, some unlucky rolls in that game. He really did. Yeah, but either way, it was it's great fun, and and you know, it wasn't a, I think you only picked the post by about what was it uh, fifteen or so, uh, something like that? Or I, yeah, I it was. It, I think it was maybe one or two kills off doubling you yeah. on the kills. So it, either way, it ended up with an eight nil. You killed my leader, and I. I barely scratched the surface with yours. Most of my kills I got was uh, from bow, sh- bow shots, I think, early yes, on. So, yeah. uh, strangely, because I'd, I'd sort of set up my guys, fired at you for a bit, and uh, you realised, oh, okay, I'm not going to win the, fu- the shooting I may as well war. Might as well go in. Yeah. Uh, and I thought, ah, lined it up perfectly. I've got my chariot charges, got all my guys in the right places. But alas, yeah. as you say, those right moves didn't go my way. So, it, it, alas, the game didn't. But great game. And I, re- I, I must say, I really enjoy the, the battle companies. Uh, hybrid thing because you're cheering on certain warriors for no good reason which I like you've got some of those named warriors you'll get get warriors with all the skills in the world costing almost the same points as a a fortitude hero, for example. I've still only got one wound in defence four. Yeah, <laughs> and they're terrible. They're they're terrible, terrible. Yeah. They die. They go down like a uh, go down like a ton of bricks. But either way, uh, uh, Nigel, it's a pleasure to play you. And, Absolutely. And thanks uh, for talking to the podcast. Quite all right. Thank, Thank you. you. Cheers. Cheers. Right. So Will, uh, Will Champion, the uh, tournament organizer and sort of. Uh, Mad mastermind behind the uh, the idea for this tournament with the uh, points match and uh, battle companies hybrid. First of all, I'm, I'm intrigued. Well, where, where where did the idea come from, and well, what what inspired it? Uh, I have absolutely no idea um, because it was a stupid idea. It's been really good fun though, uh, and it's been very hard to keep track of. Um, I liked the idea when we do battle companies locally. It's really good fun, but it never it normally just fizzles out. There's no sort of end result. And I know that there's a campaign in the book and there's a, a you know a pitched battle um, scenario, which I liked the idea of. And I thought, well, how could we do that into a, a sort of fun way? Um, and that's where I came up with the idea of you do battle companies for one day and then they do find the army that they're going to muster to. Um, and then they have the great battles that they were called for. Yeah, I, I really like the idea. They, they, there's lots of fluff and stuff, and you can really make your army thematic. And as you say, um, they're sort of joining into this army. So mine, you know, I, I, my guys were sort of the idea being they're you know standard guys, but they want to get all the kit ready, gather all their yeah, gear ready to join the army. So you get horses and you get a chariot and all this sort of stuff, and then they can finally join the proper yeah, big like army. Walk around flexing with their fine chariots. <laughs> yes, although those fine chariots didn't do particularly well in the end, but. And either way, so so, how actually has the has the sort of um, mathematics work? Because you mentioned it's been complicated. There's enough um, maths at the end of each game of uh, battle companies, as it is. How has it all worked in terms of you know leveling things off and organising matchups and things like that? So a lot of it is relying on the players to sort of be honest and 
you know, play fair. Um, so at the end of every game, they, there's tournament points as normal and victory points, although they're not being counted for this event um, as a terms of ranking people. And then the battle company rating is the main sorter after tournament points. Um, and so what that requires is players to play their own games and then with the person they've played against, do their injuries, do their experience, do their upgrades. And then they've fed back to me a battle company rating, which they could have just lied about, if I'm honest. So you just have to hope that people... Uh, oh, I definitely, every time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my battle company rating is 700. Um, hope that they're being honest and then just, just put that in. So for day one, it was random opponents but keeping in mind the against the odds bonus because sometimes it is good to go against a really, really good battle company and just get lots of influence and that can help you keep up. Um, and then for day two, no matter what, where your battle company was rated, you add that into a normal army to make a 700-point list. For day two, however, the battle company has still advanced as normal, which seems a little bit crazy, and it is definitely crazy. Um, and what we've done is we've kept the against the odds bonus using any points up or down from the 700 point marker. So almost starting at zero again. Um, and again, that's just re basically players have had to come to me with their battle company rating. And then I've worked that out and told people when they were matched up because it was Swiss ranked today um, for day two. Yeah, it, it was certainly initially. And actually it shows, I think, that the, um, the, 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 the company rating actually really does work in terms of balance the game itself seems quite balanced basically you know the influence and all these sorts of things because for a lot of the a lot of the the, the couple of days people have been relatively even on on battle point yeah, rating definitely there's there's two armies that have been able to rapidly increase points um which is the range of the north because it's free influence for a 30 point model every time and iron hills just because they're generally more expensive but if uh, from day one, the average battle company rating was 276. And there was an outlier of 382 and a low baller of, I think, about 180. So it's always going to happen. Some people just aren't going to roll very well. Some people um, are maybe wanting to buy shiny hats instead of new, new troops. <laughs> yeah, well, like me. <laughs> yeah, saving 10 influence for a charity. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's what people are free to do. And that's why it's an 80-point event. It's supposed to be fun and themey. Uh, but generally speaking, the, the way that Battle Companies is written does work and does stay balanced. Yeah, I agree. And, and I may have spent t taken ages to get that 10 influence for that, um, for that chariot. But actually, when I got it, I churned through loads of stuff and I got loads of experience with my leader and he's become an absolute monster, although and still with one wound. fantastic. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, adding all these chariots at the end of it. So, so generally, um, if you... Because obviously it's quite a small local event, this one. Um, it, do you think you'd change anything in terms of organising this kind of event again in the future? What would you sort of finesse? Yeah, what I'd do for the next time is change the winning conditions. So best company would stay best company. Um, and if someone wanted to take range then off, fine. Um, or maybe I'd, I'd take look at taking that faction out, but I don't want to limit people too much. Um, for the event itself, I'd bring victory points back in because as it stands, the top table is still playing now. Um, and if one of them wins, it's going to be a time tournament point and it's going to be battle company rating. And they're just going to have to hope that they can last minute buy something very expensive to bump them ahead. Um, so, you know, it's fine for the first event, figuring out how it all works, but I'd probably do that different. Um, and also, I would write out a score sheet for everyone to fill in. So instead of them, I mean, it's fine when there's only 10 of us and we, you know, we're all friends and we can just chat through it. Um, but when, if there was 20 players or even more, uh, I'd basically want them to come to the TO's table with a result, a battle company rating, and victory points. Who won, who lost. 
Yeah, it'd be almost impossible. I mean, there's so, like, like we're saying, there's so much maths at the end of it. You know, I know last night after eight, eight games, and we've, you know, a couple of us had a few beers and all this, the, the amount of maths involved yeah, was sort of yeah, screwing us over. And I suppose the, the, the slight difficulty is you're not quite sure what to bring for day two because yeah, that, you need to work out, uh, you know, depending on how many points you end that, up with. That's been the really fun part for me. Um, I wanted to make sure that everyone was forced to bring an army day two as opposed to just adding some big heroes in. So a couple of rules I brought in was the um, the leader of your battle company, you know, at the end of day one, they've come to the Great Muster, they're there with the king, blah, 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 ready for the battle. Um, he is given uh, the rank of Hero of Fortitude and he must lead a warband of the king's troops. So the first thing you have to do is you fill his warbands. Mm-hmm. And then your two sergeants from the battle company go, you know, left and right and they split the battle company down the middle and they become effectively minor heroes depending on how big your warband is. So that was the way of getting it to feel more like an actual army. And then I just I put a rule in um, that you can only take one of each heroic tier above Fortitude, just to make sure that, again, it, it was steamy. So there's a couple of allowances. I know Jason, he, I let him bring Boromir and Faramir because it was Osgiliath and that was cool. And you've got a Kandish king and Amder because they're the leaders of the Eastern Kingdom. So, what you know, it makes sense. Um, but just a couple of little stipulations in there to make sure that people were sort of getting into the uh, you know the ethos of the event. Yeah, and it, it, it was great. It was great, and I, I love the fact that, that I, could, I could bring all my chariots finally yeah. to a tournament. And yeah, it's also wild because you don't know how well you're going to do on day one, mm. and so people have brought the really mighty reserve of models. There's probably more models here than there would be at a normal 30-man tournament because no one knows just how the points are going to go and I really like the idea that you don't know what you're going to bring day to. Yeah, exactly. And there's lots of people with lovely conversions as well that are prepared in yes, advance that sadly, sadly, they can't use sometimes. But but it's been great. Either way, Will, um, thanks for organising it. It's been a really interesting tournament and, and I've had a lot of fun. I, I, this is the first time I've ever played Battle Company so uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for talking to me. Thank you very much. Cheers. Um, so the winner of the uh, K- uh, King's Court of Arms, the uh, Battle uh, Companies and uh, Points Match Hybrid is Matthew Wilding. Well done. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. So I'm, I'm just intrigued. First of all, you went with a Harad um, battle company. How did the battle company go on day one? Uh, day one was it, it was all right. Three wins and three draws and two losses. Mm. So just just above average. So that's pretty good. And then I'm guessing you won all of your games today. Yeah. So so I guess yeah, so, so just about because the, the the winning of this tournament comes down to how big your ba- uh, how costly your battle company is basically at, at the end. So yeah. so what after TPs? Yeah, after tournament points. So what what did you do differently to perhaps other people to to boost your battle company? Do you think? Well, oh yeah. Well, I mean, in the last round, uh, as you know, I um, I got two mercenaries for with uh, sixteen influence points. I managed to save up, so I got two. Uh, Mercenaries and got eighty points. Right, so you so you saved up influence specifically to buy those things in the, in the last round, was it? Well, I had eight um, in the last round, which I decided to save uh, with the intent of maybe buying a mercenary, and then I managed to get another eight that game. So then two mercenaries, it just it just had to be. And also, it was easier to just get two mercenaries and think about what else I could actually get. <laughs> There's so much maths involved in battle companies, in particular with this uh, points, points match uh, variant as well. How did you find generally just, just playing the tournament and building your battle company and doing all that maths? Um... It's kind of enjoyable, but a bit stressful. Yeah, I think it's more stressful than I've ever had building any army list ever, especially because at the end of day one, usually it's just beers and food. But this was like, 
beers and like maths, maths yeah. <laughs> and you I were even doing it table. at the dinner table last yeah. night building your uh, day two list so I mean it, it is fun but isn't it I get, how, how much stuff how much extra models did you bring um, with the hope to adding to day two so I brought um, an array of raiders uh, for um, you know when they advance I bought quite a lot of serpent guard and a few serpent riders for when they advance and I got a bunch of um, watches of Kana and quickly painted up the night before a bunch of Abrican Guard, which uh, unfortunately I never rolled for. That, because that's part of it, isn't it? You're always building all these things and painting all these things in the hope, or maybe not even in the hope, but just on the off chance you, you get incredibly lucky in some way and roll yeah, lots yeah. of sixes on those charts. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a difficult one. And, and you're, you're used to sort of gracing the top tables in, in, in tournaments generally. W- was it different having, having sort of the battle company built into the army? Does it add a lot to a sort of competitive uh, game in general, having those extra characters with extra little rules? Yeah, uh, especially because when you're not aware of what someone's got, you could quite easily make a mistake and charge someone into some really, really good um, battle company hero without realising. So that, that's that's the thing. Yeah, I, I encountered some heroes that didn't really look like heroes, but I guess that's part of the game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and either way, Matt, uh, well done and on the game. I know everyone's packing up around us. So and well done and well done on your battle company, the the, the lovely Harad Yellow guys. Thank you. Um, Thank you. It was a shame that I never got to play you. Uh, yeah, indeed. Otherwise, the cans would roll over those <laughs> around oh, yeah, and sure L would have changed. We'll Horses <laughs> would be flying all over the place from. <laughs> Brilliant. Oh, thanks very much, either way. So there you go, another tournament done and another podcast finished with uh, Matt Wilding there uh, taking victory uh, the Battle Companies tournament. Um, really, really well done to Will Champion, though, who put on this event. Um, it was a bit of a sort of guinea pig event in many ways, but I think it actually really worked. Um, I wasn't sure how the whole uh, sort of converting guys and, and sort of making things uh, ready for your your company would work in terms of, you know, maybe wanting upgrades like healing herbs or whatever or, or upgrading a, someone to have a shield and things like that that didn't have a shield first. So all that sort of stuff I thought, eh. but actually I think if you're a bit worried about going to a battle company's tournament like this, then all you need to do is go, okay, what I'm going to do, I'm going to upgrade my people with things that don't uh, that I have the models for and if you don't want to convert a load of stuff that's uh, going to be awkward then fine don't do that but actually lots of people did um, I, spoke, I spoke to Jason with his Minas Tirith company all of the models were converted in some way shape or form whether they were siege veterans who'd had uh, arms chopped off or put shields on and things like that that made made them look just that little bit different to the average um, warrior which is fantastic and lots of people uh, did really try hard to do that sort of stuff I just kind of painted my people and swapped them around a bit and gave them a chariot rather than spending influence on sensible things. Um, but either way, it really worked. And actually, day two worked really well as well because you had these people um, embedded in your army, these little odd heroes that were not really many more points than a captain, um, sort of 60-ish points, but um, had unusual special rules and you kind of really wanted them to do well and they're a bit flimsy, but actually they did some fun stuff. So so it just added that uh, extra element of, of kind of character to each game, which was which was a delight, even though I lost them all <laughs> uh, pretty much. Uh, so, you know, that, that was, uh, well, well yeah, hey, these things happen. And uh, that's what you do if you take loads of chariots. But either way, it was great fun. Had a lot of fun with the tournament. And um, as, as you, uh, I, I got another sporting 
uh, win. So I, I walk away from the tournament uh, with a, a mo- another most sporting um, vote, which was fantastic. And again, I'm sure this is almost certainly down to the fact that I recorded interviews with people and it's a jolly way of chatting after each game. Uh, although I suppose, to be fair, um, on the first uh, day I had eight games and, God, they were stressful, but um, but we had a jolly good time. So uh, all, all good stuff. Um, now, if you're listening to this... Um, you'll probably if you've got time you'll be listening to it just before my tournament um, at the weekend so uh, my tournament is this weekend the first weekend of October in Lincoln uh, unusual armies uh, inbound I hope in fact actually I, I know fully well I've got lots of unusual armies inbound because I've been looking through their army lists so my uh, my tournament it has an unusual structure in the sense that it's 700 points, um, but the, you choose a leader on the first day, as you always do, or you have to, and then you also appoint a lieutenant of your army. And this lieutenant takes over on day two because you lose your uh, general's warband and you have to replace those points with other stuff. So uh, on day two, you'll have two, uh, still a 700-point army, but you'll have lost your hero and you can't replace that hero with anyone of a higher heroic tier than your lieutenant. So are you with me? So things like uh, having a Aragorn, for example, on day one, uh, squeezing in uh, Boromir or uh, uh, maybe, uh, maybe someone like Ganath the White or whatever uh, and then they can be their lieutenant and then you've got a, a monstrous hero for day two because day two starts with Contest of Champions so uh, that's my tournament this weekend if you're coming to the tournament um, you get a free prize a free prize yes are you listening are you listening closely if the first thing you say to me when you come to my tournament is taters Okay, got that? So say taters to me. The first thing you say, if you do that, you get a prize. That's all you need to do. Um, so I'll know who's been listening to the podcast this week. So thank you very much uh, for coming along to the tournament. There is still room if you want to come, get in touch with me, entmootpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, if you want to uh, get yourself a ticket or have a look on the Facebook uh, page, the Great British Hobbit League, and have a search for the events, um, you'll be able to see mine as the next event. Um, it's, it's, I know it's last late notice, but uh, it doesn't matter. If you fancy a trip, you're not too far away, or you've made of money then then you can feel free to visit Lincoln uh, it's a lovely city and the tournament should be a lot of fun we've got about uh, 30 or 31 players I think at the moment so very exciting um, and I might even be able to bring Sauron out as the ringer if I'm lucky so all that and uh, hopefully we'll be able to bring a podcast out about this um, next week though I'm not promising anything it might be another mini moot because uh, I've never run an organ- a tournament before and it could be a right faff so uh, I-, I guess it will be in fact so I'm looking forward to it i've got some terrain to finish off uh, i've got some marshes that i've made with some water effects that have gone de- terribly and uh, i've got lots of things going so it should be good we've got lots of prizes and lots of other stuff going as well so should be lots of fun so that's in the next podcast so i'll be talking to people who are either competing at the top of the tournament or at the bottom of the uh, tournament so uh, i'll start by talking to people who have lost all their games and then at the end i'll talk to people who have won all their games that's the aim anyway we shall see how it works um so all that and more in the next episode including the answer to the riddle in the dark and uh, then of course just more tournament tales and more hobby goodness so uh, do get in touch podcast at gmail.com if you have any queries or questions or anything you want to talk about uh, please fire them over and that's pretty much it for the podcast um, enjoy uh, enjoy and may your dice ever roll sixes and of course boo-ra-rum.